this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each and every week we bring to you a woman who's going to help you in so many areas of your life. You know, for several years I've interviewed women who are experts in relationships, self-esteem, business, and pursuing their passion. So many of them are leaders in their fields, so we decided, our team decided, that we were going to write a book together. So I'm excited, and I'm so very, well, I'm very excited to announce that it's finally available for pre-order. It's called Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. And you can find it on both Amazon and Barnes & Noble today. So I'm happy to talk about all these amazing leading co women co-authors, and today we're going to be talking to one of the one of the most popular for sure, Dr. Janet Rose Wotolik, and she is the author of the ebook Seven Secrets of Parenting Girls, the Strong Girls book series, and most recently a workbook for parents called Raising Successful Women from Childhood to Womanhood. Now Janet's research about women in leadership won her the Clark scholarship award and propelled her into serving as a parenting resource with a national speaking platform. Now her chapter in the Leading Woman book is called Seven Keys to Unlocking Female Leadership. Now I'm very excited to listen to what she has to say about how to build self-esteem and confidence in women leaders. And that's so very, very important for us to do today. Well, Janet, thank you so much for coming back and talking with me. We were just chatting before about the, the new book, Leading Women, and you being one of the co-authors, you know, it wasn't really hard for us to decide which other 19 women we wanted for the book, and you were definitely, you were always in the ranks as far as one of the authors that we chose to participate with this collaboration, this community, this sisterhood. I, I'll go ahead and get that in right now, but uh, thank you so much, and we're really excited about this project. Oh, I am too, and I just thank you for this huge effort that you put into this book and to pulling us all together. I am thrilled to be part of it. I think we have powerful messages, all of us, and it's about time we get it out there in as many venues as we can. So I'm really, really excited and just honored to be part of this endeavor. Well, December, well, you can pre-purchase. I'm going to get a, get a little ad in here first, but then we're going to chat about you, but we can they can pre-purchase it now on uh, Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and it will make a great Christmas gift because it comes out December 5th. Our first launch is here in Santa Barbara. Uh, you know, we're going to try to have one out. Well, I don't, we're not going to try. We're going to have one out on the East Coast, too, so you're going to have to come to that one if you can't come to this one. Oh, I will. I'd love to come to Santa Barbara, so I'm, well, I have a son out well, that way, so I'm thinking about that. <laughs> if you can come out to Santa Barbara in November, you are, I mean, we're going to have a great party here. So anyway, today is about you because you have such a strong message and it's so important for us to keep talking about these things. You know, 2014, I think when we first chatted, it's been, it's been some time. I don't know exactly the date, but it's been a little bit. You know, we're still talking about the same things, but maybe, maybe what we're doing is we're talking about them in a, in a more concerted effort and a more combined collaborative effort, which I'm, I'm, more, I'm very, very excited about. But your personal story and why you're doing what you're doing 
and you, we just were talking about you doing more of it is, is what's so important that I'd like for you to share. But first, before I, I – I'm going to stop talking here for a moment. But, but the important thing is I think one thing for sure women don't understand is they look at someone like you, Janet, for example, and, you, and they say, you know, you're, you have it all together. You mm-hmm. are smart. You're attractive. You've got a great personality. You've got a great sense of humor. Uh, you are accomplished in many, many areas that a lot of women look at you and go, it must, it's so easy for her. And we all know, that especially this group of 20 women, we all have our own stories. And we know that none of this just happened overnight. It's been a, a series of ups and downs and challenges and opportunities. And I know uh, for me it's been one after another here, especially the last several years. But what's, how did you get to be Dr. Janet of 2014? Well, the story is a long one, and I must say that I did, I grew up in a probably pretty typical middle-class home with wonderful, loving, caring parents, and unfortunately, everybody doesn't have that opportunity. I grew up in a home, however, where neither of my parents went to college. In fact, my father dropped out of school in eighth grade to help his family. It was in the age of the Depression, and he needed to work, and he needed to help his mom. Um, My mom finished high school, and when they married, she didn't work, and she stayed at home and raised three children. During that time, we all believed that we grew up in a really nice, loving home with positive messages, and I think that we did. The interesting thing is, though, all three of us, I have an older sister and a younger brother, all three of us ended up becoming teachers. And I never thought about it. I never really thought about why I made that decision. I just made that decision. However, I have to add this. Growing up, people would have described me as very shy and very quiet. And I was. I was, I jokingly say, the maladjusted middle child because I really didn't hold a place in the family. Um, You being a psychologist (laughs) might laugh at that. But I really was. Don't worry, I'm a middle child too. I understand. Go ahead. (laughs) But I was very shy and very afraid of a lot of things. Um, But as I grew, I began to think about that a bit. And as I got into college and became a teacher and had some people enter into my life that were pretty influential, I had a couple of people say to me, you know, you really have some strong skills and you should go and you should learn to be a principal. And so I went back to school and I got a degree to be a principal. And somebody said, you know, you should probably supervise special ed. And so I went back to school and I did that. But there were important mentors in my life that prompted me to do that. But all along, I had this gnawing thing inside of me that created fear and said, are you sure you can do this? And you might fail. And I think it was a huge fear of failure. And when I went on to do my dissertation for my doctorate, I decided I needed to find out why that happens. Why is that within me? What is it? How did I overcome that? Where did that all come from? Well, I started to look at women around me and interviewed and did focus groups and surveys and tons of research on women in leadership and women who weren't in leadership and took a look at their lives and took a look at who mentored them and how did they get where they were and who made what choices for what reasons. And I found some powerful things. One of the greatest, most 
important, critical part of a person's life is their parents. The messages sent to all of us as children impacted us greatly. Now, for me, I need to add this. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a home where the messages included the words, when you go to college, all three of us, when you go to college. Their education was highly valued in my home. Even though my parents didn't have higher education, they wanted us to have that. And we didn't have a lot of money. So the other part of the message was, when you go to our community college and become a teacher, because it was close, we could commute, and they felt they could afford it. My parents also felt that teaching was a wonderful career, It was particularly good for the two of us girls because we would eventually be moms and we would have summers off and we could do a better job of raising our children if we were around more. That was their thinking. And we all just did it. It was the message. There was not if you go or do you want to go. All of our lives it was when you're going to go to school and when you're going to become a teacher, when you go to college. And it was really interesting because I think when I was three years old, my Christmas gift was a chalkboard and chalk and books. And so I played school in the basement all the time. So I was, and I used to teach the neighborhood kids. So I was destined to be a teacher from the get-go. But I kept thinking, why is it that I'm fearful? Now, if my mom listens to this interview, she'll probably cry. She's 87 years old and is the strongest woman I know. However, she doesn't think so. And she was a very fearful girl growing up. She had her own issues that she had to deal with and a, and a mom that maybe sent some messages to her that kind of kept her confidence from building. But I grew up in a home with this mom that would say, be careful if you try that because you could fail. I would yeah. say, I'm going to run for student council. Well, that's great, honey, but you might not win. Or I'm going to try to do this or enter this contest or apply to this college or I'm going to do this. And I would get, be careful because you might not make it. And when I talked to her about that, she says, well, the reason I did that is I just didn't want you to get hurt. And I, I wanted you to be prepared for failure or for the worst thing to happen. And I thought, you know, I wonder how different I would have been if she would have said, you go, girl, you can do it. You can do anything you want. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. get that message. And it took me lots of years to overcome that. And I jokingly say she's still sitting on my shoulder. You know, and and I go to apply for a new job in my past, and I would have that little voice going, yeah, you're probably not going to get it. And I would think, I don't want to blame that on her because I love her dearly, and she has tons of strength, and she was only doing what she thought was the best thing, but those messages in early childhood are powerful. So that prompted me, when I looked at the lives of all these women when I was working on my dissertation, had similar stories. Or those that entered in leadership and were really strong, successful women had different messages, boy. They grew up in homes where females were really valued and were really sent messages of you can do anything. One of the strongest women that I worked with actually was raised by her dad. And he treated her like one of the boys. Mm -hmm. And it really does something. So that prompted me, I know I'm talking a lot, but that prompted me to take a look at and to begin a lot of my efforts at working with parents, and that prompted me to write my book, Parenting Strong Girls or How to Parent Seven Secrets of Parenting Girls, 
which is actually a free online book, um, and has now prompted me to write Parenting from Childhood to Womenhood, and I have now kind of been on the speaking circuit talking with college women, doing presentations for middle school girls on how to be strong, and trying to help them become more aware of the messages out there that tell us something different. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop and take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, but that's that's exactly how it works, though. But the, the thing is, and we were talking before I started the recording, was that, you know, it's it's amazing that the messages that, you know, we have to keep still keep talking about these things because you would have thought by 2014 that women would be strong girls, strong women. You know, I mean, I think that's, what we what we still have to be so so cognizant of because I think a lot of young women think they've got it made, but yet I was just uh, recently in a bank uh, setting up. I, I I recently moved and I was setting up a bank account and the young woman was probably I'd say she's probably late twenties, early thirty-ish. Uh, that's about her age group and she was she was talking about this and she asked I was just telling her what I did and whatever and, and you know it's, it's all all it takes by the way as you probably know is when you tell people what you do especially young women they go oh they'll tell you a little story or two and she was talking about being in the banking she's uh, getting her MBA and she says you know the banking business is really tough for a woman and it's almost <laughs> interesting to, to again have these conversations she says but you know I'm really lucky she said I've got a I've got a um, my manager uh, is a, is a woman, and she is a really a great mentor for me. And it was so exciting to have this conversation. But yet, here's a young woman getting her MBA and working in, as a financial advisor in, in a banking system already. And and she's saying, but you know, I know it's it's tough. It's tough for me already. I have a personal story too with that too. A same. I have a family member who is been working in a bank as a teller, a female for many, many years, and she will say to me, don't get me started, because oh, yeah. when a manager or a position or an administrative position opens up, I always apply, and they'll bring in some new guy wet behind the ears, and he gets it, she says, every time. I mean, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it's still that way. That's awful. Well, now, you know, what's important, again, is, is that we're, we're listening to these women, and they're telling their stories, and we're getting stronger and stronger messages out there that, that contradict the ones which are stay young, stay beautiful, stay thin if you want to be loved, which, again, was timeless from the speak. That's what it was all about, the research, is women's great fear of right. what they have to compare themselves in this world to be, to be accepted not only by, uh, by men but by other women as well. So the, 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 my theory is, and I think we've talked about this before, is that until women truly start to support one another, and as you said, these messages, you can't. You cannot measure. You cannot compare yourself to what's out there because it's not real. It does not truly exist. I'm living out in California now, so you can imagine uh, that it, I'm not in LA, but I'm up in uh, Montecito, Santa Barbara area. But but still, uh, you know, it's the it's the it's blonde hair, it's the blue blue eyes, and it's the thin and it's the long hair and da da da. da. So I mean, again, young women have a lot of pressure out there. They have a tremendous amount of pressure. Now, your chapter is Seven Keys to Unlocking Women's Leadership Skills. And, and this, this, is a, this is an interesting concept, Janet, though, but I've had women, 
I, we, have an we have an organization that I've been involved with, female leaders in philanthropy. It's really a philanthropic group of helping women, helping other women. But women, you know, when you say, well, we'd really like for you to join this group, you know, we're doing these things to help women and, and that are coming up the ladder and women that are in poverty and looking for jobs and whatever, helping with clothing. They say, well, I'm not a leader. You know, I hear this so often that it really just... You know, I, I'm I'm not a leader. I don't know what you. I I can't join a group where you what you're when you talk about leaders, and and I think that's why your chapter is so important. Is that first of all, what, where does that come from? That well, here's where it starts, Nancy. Nancy, let's look at our fairy tales. Let, let let's yeah. look at Rapunzel. Poor Rapunzel, yeah. man. She needs this guy to come save her out of that tower. Or, you know, Cinderella, everybody has to have the prince save them or rescue them or Snow White. We start teaching our little girls from day one that they're weak, they're helpless, they need a man to take charge because they can't make a dang decision on their own. We start early doing that, and we continue to do that. Most of the TV shows, most of the movies, most of the ads all say women are stupid, we're pretty and we're sexy, and that's the only way we can be popular or have any value. So that's the measuring stick that our young girls see all of their careers. And today, this is an amazing experience I had today. Not four hours ago, I was sitting in a meeting in my school district talking to the parents of, two, of a gifted high school girl. High IQ, high achiever, great, great future in front of her, and her dad who's an attorney, says to me, this is bothering me, he said. I would love for her. She would love to be an engineer, but she won't take the engineering class at school because guess why? It's all boys. And I said, oh, my gosh, we've got to get her into engineering. This is not the first time I've heard this. We have a great physics class. The girls don't choose to take it. They, ha they want to, but they won't enter it because it's only boys. So well, we're just. And they've also been told they're probably not going to pass it either. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, many of them have that feeling that, oh, I'm not good at math. I can't be good at math or science because I'm a girl. I mean, I hear those things. Even today, you would think those are antiquated, but they're not. No, I, I, I remember saying it to myself. Uh, I'm not good at math, you know. I mean, and, and again, it was, it's, it's amazing, these messages that continue to be out there. Well, or if, again, this is the other thing. If I'm too smart, nobody, no man's going to want me. You know, if right. I'm too educated... No man's going to want me. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've, I've been through this with, with my own personal journey. Uh, you, you probably experienced with your I family. have, yes. But I, had, I had people say to me, they said, well, uh, well, what about your family? What are you going to do, uh, working on your doctorate? Or who do you think you are? I mean, it was almost interesting to, and it wasn't men. It was women. It was other women who. Women, I was going to say that. Women, women are, are often our worst enemies. And I think that this just really, I think what our book is doing is hoping to educate women on how to support one another and how important female mentors are. But I think also, I mean, I think men should read this book because the silence of the man is killing us. We need men to mentor us because the men are in these leadership positions and they have to show confidence and faith in the females that are aspiring to leadership positions and encourage them. Oh, and if we don't have men on our side, we're not going to get anywhere. It's definitely, it's, this, is not, this is not a gender bias book. This is a book for everyone 
who right. basically wants to empower one another because because really it's about all of us being in it together. You know, yeah, right. women have to connect. We we want to keep connect at a very deep, responsible level to help one another. But yet we have to connect with the greater whole to truly to truly uh, be of uh, of impact. But you know, but we do know women who do, who do become very good leaders have wonderful skills. Uh, for example, communication. We're great at communication. Right. Uh, as far as our details, we're, we can see details along with the big picture. And I, I think that is a unique talent that many, many people don't have. I mean, many, uh, maybe overall as far as just seeing what needs to be done and, and taking the steps to get it done. I mean, you can put five women in a room and plan the whole event, have it paid for, budget and everything else. Some people are still out there trying to figure it out. I mean, the thing Absolutely. is we have, we have amazing skills. But Who's yet. better at multitasking than a woman? I think about my life, and at the time where I became a single parent, not only was I being a mom, I was working full-time, I was a chauffeur, I was a maid, I was a cook, I, you know, I did it all. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I mean, we are great at that. We, we learn to be that way, and we manage every avenue of our life, and we do it well. <laughs> and I, I also agree that every team in every business needs a mix. We need males, we need females, and we do bring different gifts to that team, but that mix is critical to good leadership. I mean, in my current position, I am the only female leader in a group of 15 men, 15 of us. I'm the only woman. And I believe that I have had an impact on them and on the way they think in the 18 years that I've been working with this team, and they defer to me often for certain things that I think are areas of expertise for me. And I also keep them focused and keep them thinking sometimes about areas that they may not see. And sometimes it has to do with the empathy or what kind of effect is this going to have in the long run on everyone. And, and so anyway, that mix is really needed. And, not, and I, I guess I always want to say that I am not a man basher in any way, shape, or form. And neither is this book. People hear about these things and they think, oh, it's, these women are against men. That is not it at all. We are just supporting women. We are supporting each other, and we need men to support us also. Well, that has to be the strong message that we get out there, that this is not a gender-biased book. This is basically a book about helping people to really find their voices and to connect it, again, that connection that we all need to live successfully and, and, and to have better lives. That's what this is about. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, again, I, I sure hope that, that the public, when they, when they even see the title, just think of anything less than just the fact that isn't it great to see that women are coming together at, a, at, at such a positive level to help one another and that to be mentors and to be role models for those women out there that are wondering, how in the world am I ever going to do this? How am I going to get there? If, if, mm-hmm. if uh, you know, I, here's, a, here's a story, for example, a, a woman was talking to me about, because I was talking about the book and different things, she goes, she goes, you know, we were talking about women or whatever, she goes, you know, there's this young woman at work uh, at, the, the, at my job at my, where I work, and she is constantly following me around. She's constantly asking me questions. She's just constantly bugging me. She goes, I think she wants my job. And I said, you know, I used her name. I said, well, you know, did you ever think possibly she doesn't want your job? She just sees you as such an experienced person with skills and knowledge that she wants to acquire and learn from you. 
And she, this woman almost, her mouth dropped open. And she looked at me in an odd kind of way instead of her. She wasn't trying to get her job. She was trying to learn from her. She was right. asking her right. to be her mentor. And it was yeah. interesting. I, I ran into her later, and, uh, you know, that's exactly what was happening. This young woman desperately just wanted to learn from her. She did not want her job. She normally, I mean, she wanted her knowledge. She wanted to learn from her. And the thing that's so important is that women need to understand you can learn. It's, it, you need a mentor, mentor. Everyone needs a mentor. It doesn't matter who you are. And, right. and finding some young person to mentor you is just as important as finding a more mature, seasoned woman to mentor someone else. I mean, the point is, is that it goes in every direction that it, everyone benefits. There's, there's, no, there's no losers here. This is, this is all winners. This is a winner, winner, chicken dinner. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Totally agree with you. So the seven keys to unlocking leadership, we're talking about that. But what are the key points that women need to understand, especially starting with young girls today? If you're parenting a young girl today, what is it you want to share with a parent today? Well, for example, this young woman that was going to engineering school, you were, you were talking about her becoming a leader, a leader in her field. What were the things that you said to those parents besides the fact that she needed to take that physics class? Well, one of the things that in my book and in our book that I stress is the importance of branding your child. And you think about the brands in this world, like you think of the word Prada and you think of high-end clothing or you think of the word, you know, Cadillac. And so we talk about how, what brand do you have for your daughter? What, do, what brand does your daughter have for you, for her? And then I say to mothers and fathers, what brands do you have for yourself? Because here's what bothers me. We can say all of this, but when mom looks in the mirror and says in front of her daughter, boy, my thighs are too big or my waistline's too thick or I have too many wrinkles and, and calls attention to her physical flaws or things she's unhappy with, that sends a message to that daughter. And it sends a message to her that, oh, boy, I really have to be thin and all of that. So I think branding your daughter as you can do anything, branding your daughter as you are good at physics and you are good at engineering from an early age or you're good at math, you really have a skill there, this is something you can do. You can do it. And I think branding is so, so important. And it's, it's a bigger thing than just what you brand your daughter, but it's how you see her how, and how your daughter wants the world to see her. You know, we're going through so much bullying right now that especially males towards females, it's awful. And the females are kind of taking on this role of bully. And and we're working really hard in our district and in our community to get a handle on that. But with social media and everything, I am so worried about our girls because they put something on the Internet. They put something on some social sites, and they don't understand what that does and how long it's there and you can never get it back. And I guess it's just the branding to me is the, is the big key here. Parents need to think about that. And if you start early, your children should grow, your daughter should grow with respecting her authentic beauty rather than measuring herself and her skills and her abilities by what society is showing us value, you know, the value that society tells us we should have for ourselves. So I'm not sure if I answered your question. 
working with you these did. parents, they know my passion. So they looked at me and said, ah, we got to do something about that. <laughs> I said, well, we got to encourage her. And that's the exciting part is when they do listen to you and they do hear that these messages are so important that she gets these now, that she, she can be successful, she can be strong, she can be capable to do these things, to get this. I mean, she has these talents, this expertise, and that she can use these things. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no doubt about it. I, I, like you, had parents that were very supportive. But, again, I don't know that they, they set their sights as high as they, they should have for me. But So I had to create those for myself. But I did have strong grandparents. I had grandmothers and different ones that, that had done – I mean, the thing was all three of my – my mother and my grandparents, uh, grandmothers were both very, all very, very successful. So at least, you know, my, I had role models to look at. It's not so much as what they said, it was more of what they did. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's important. It's not only what you do, but it's what you say. And it's what you say about yourself that's so important. Because if you don't Well, and it isn't really, I mean, you, you had models, but like in my research, the women that I interviewed and looked into their lives, most of them did not have college-educated parents. They didn't have parents in professional fields. But the messages were there, and the value for education and the value of learning and promoting thinking and encouraging girls to be proud of the fact that they're smart and to be a learner, a lifelong learner. Yeah. You know, it's that, that saying of, you know, teach a person to fish and, you know, they'll fish for a lifetime. Well, teach a girl to have the desire to learn and she'll have a successful life, you know, always wanting to learn new things, whether it be in academia or whether it be changing the oil in your car. And, you know, me going through divorce when my children were little made me learn how to do lots of different things for myself. I had to survive. And so I became very good and very, how I call it, mechanical. (laughs) I fix my car. You know, I'm always tearing things apart in the engine because I don't want to spend money or have somebody else do it. I want to know how to do it. So, you know, it it is all about learning. Yeah, they need to understand Prince Charming may show up, but doesn't mean he's going to stick around either. So, you know. That's right. (laughs) I think that's (laughs) I know. I'm still waiting for that one. I I think last but not least, and we talk about this also in, in the book as well, is that, uh, fear is a great deterrent. Self-confidence and having no fear and having fear not being afraid because that young woman's afraid. So get right. past your fears. This uh, this year has been uh, an interesting, well, the last couple of years. I am now single myself, so uh, I have definitely oh. changed a lot of different things in my own life. But uh, uh, the thing is, is that you know it does it does build character, and you do understand that you know life goes on, and that you can continue to build, uh, you know, using not uh, creating opportunities, challenges, and opportunities right. are what it's all about. But getting past fears. So uh, now I'm riding uh, show horses, and now I'm uh, bungee jumping, and now I'm skydiving. And so the thing. Oh is, my God. I think the. the my message has always been, if, you, if you're afraid of it, go do it. I mean, within reasons, of course. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Within reasons. But so, so when they look at me, my children and my grandchildren, the thing is they look at me and they go, man, she, keeps, she can do it. You know, and I think that's important is, again, to give them models, no matter what occurs in their lives. It, it, they can become opportunities. I'm living in California. I mean, I'm living, right. I'm living right. next to the beach and the mountains. I mean, the thing is, 
they become opportunities. They're not deterrents, they're opportunities. And I think women, when we understand that, any of our challenges that occur, they're just opportunities for to learn and to grow. And that's what I keep uh, teaching, teaching the women that I know and the young girls that I know, that you know, you're not always going to succeed. You're not always going to be successful at everything, but there are things that you can do and that you can truly enjoy, but you keep going. And getting past but you learn from your you learn from the failures too. I mean, you go out and you try and you interview for that job you want, and if you don't get that interview, you still you had that experience. You learn something more about yourself. And I'm all I'm a feeling. I I always have the feeling that that's because bigger and better things are ahead, and I'm just going to keep on trying and keep on moving forward, no matter what it is. You know, you yeah. ha- have to just have that confidence in yourself that life is a number of experiences, and we aren't always going to be the winner, but we should be grateful for the things that we do learn from those experiences. Well, the greatest growth of, uh, I mean, we're not here just to breathe oxygen. We're here to learn and to grow and to, to connect and to help others. I mean, I think that's, that's the premise that I go by. But uh, during the most difficult times, you learn the most. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we learn about how strong we are. I mean, that's I look yes. at the crises that I've been through in my life, and there have been a number of them, and I look back now and say, wow, and I survived that, and I was able to keep my head on straight and, you know, raise my kids and go to work and do everything that I had to do to keep life as normal as possible, and we do it. We can do it, and we can do what we set our hearts to, and I think that that black ceiling within us, as I make reference to in our book, that that glass ceiling within us for women is the greatest barrier. We need to get, we need to shatter that one, and well, know we that can, we are capable. And we can create the stories that really create the lives that we want. And I think that's it. There's new chapters, new chapters, new stories, and they get better. I've got better stories now, much better stories. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, okay, so. Hopefully you're going to make it to the book launch in November. We'll get more information to you. But Leading Women, and it really is, it's for everyone. This book is for men and women and their daughters and their sons. So thank you. It's an amazing endeavor. Yes, thank you so much for including me. Thank you very much, Dr. Nancy.